Amen. Hey, so this morning, um, if you went to the main worship service this morning, uh, you, you heard Pastor Heath um, say, you heard Pastor Heath, if you went to the worship service, the main worship service, say one thing um, at the very beginning, and he was talking about um, this prayer campaign we're doing, that over the next two weeks, um, he invited the church to pray um, for the plans of this church. And I'm just going to give you, we're going to speak more about it in the coming weeks. Um, but I just want to give you a little insight that um, as a church, we feel led to build a worship center. Currently right now, if you don't come here on Sunday mornings or you may not come in here, Sunday mornings, this area right here, all those chairs are pulled out. And this is where the adults worship. And then every Sunday afternoon, we clear the chairs. And then Sunday um, around three or four o'clock, um, a few of us leaders get here and we start setting everything up for, for the night. That we um, put all the stuff out there, that we transform it from a adult worship service into a place where y'all can come and hang and feel comfortable. Um, and so that's every week. And what that limits us is that limits us to be creative, to create a place where um, y'all can come and feel welcome and feel loved, where you can bring your friends to. Um, and so we feel led to build a worship service, to build a room outside of this, to build one um, out in the grass out there that's going to be huge. What that means then for us is that this becomes our primary um, room to use, that we get to, y'all get to experience something that this church hasn't ever experienced. That you get to experience a, a, where the youth begin to like have a place that when all youth meet, like that we can meet together and we can call it ours. And that's amazing. And like, I'm so excited for y'all. I'm so excited for this ministry. I'm so excited for um, what the Lord has. But over the next two weeks, we're going to spend some time praying about it. And asking God, hey, what does that look like? What, you know, is this what you want for us? And praying about specific things. And so this morning, um, if you go to that next slide... He invited the church um, to join in so that every day we would get a prayer text and, and it would say, hey, here's what I want you to pray for specifically. And so I'm inviting, I'm inviting y'all because y'all are absolutely just as much a part of this as any other person in this church. And so I'm inviting y'all to um, really go all in on this, to really say, man, I want, I want to be a part of this. Um, and so if you want right now, want to actually pull your phone out, um, if you say, man, yes, I want to be a part of that. And I want to be praying for the Lord's plans. And I want to be praying for this youth ministry. I want to be praying for what God has planned for us in the next year or two years. Then I encourage you, pull your phone out right now um, and, and just send, um, pray to 25399. So you write 25399 and then you text. The text you write is pray. And you should come up with a little thing that comes up and says, hey, you've joined this um, this group or this text list, and it doesn't charge anything, and so you don't got to worry about any of that. Um, but just, I encourage you, and if you're here and you don't have a phone, but you know your parents came to church this morning, then I encourage you to be asking them tomorrow when they get the text, hey, what are we praying for today? What is it that, that I need to be praying for, um, for this church that we're praying for together? And so I just encourage you in that. But here's what I wanted to do. Here's what I wanted to do, and, and this week, I'm speaking next week, um, we have a guest speaker, which is really cool. Uh, you're going to have to wait and see them next week. It's going to be cool. I, I know. Um, it, tension's killing me as well. So 
next, uh, but, but the next two weeks, tonight and next week, we want to talk a little bit about prayer because I don't want, to, I don't want y'all to go in to this prayer campaign to saying, man, I want to pray for this church, but not fully understand prayer. And in two weeks, we can't fully explain prayer, but we can um, encourage you in some things. And so I went to uh, some, of the, some of the people who deal with youth and, and who have to deal with students. And I say deal, I mean, like get to hang out with students regularly. And I said, what are the two things they need to know about prayer? And the one thing, the first thing that I heard was um, often, this is what often happens. I know it happens in my life. That we begin to pray about something and God doesn't answer our prayer the way we want to. And so then we, we begin to lose hope that God heard our prayer. We begin to believe that we have talked to someone who never listened or didn't know. And we begin to be, hold on with that, but we, begin, we begin to be confused about what prayer is. And I want to clear some of that up for you tonight. And tonight I want to talk about persistence, this word persistence. It means to continue on in doing something, to not give up, to not lose heart, but to continue in something. Persistence. Um, but I want to, uh, I want to, I want to illustrate it for you in, in, in a, in a story that happened to me yesterday. See, because when we lack persistence in our prayer life with God, it ends up leading to problems in our relationship with God. Don't you hear that? When you don't pray continually, um, to God, we end up with problems in our relationship with God. Yesterday, I was at the park, and I decided, hey, I want to take um, Levi. It was warm, thank the Lord, uh, to the park. And my, my two-year-old son and I took my dog to the park with me. And we go to the park, and right as we're pulling up, these, like, three kids, I think they just came out of the woods. I don't even know. Like, they looked like they were raised by wolves. Like, they came out, and they started playing on the playground equipment. And you're looking at me like, okay, no, but I'm serious. I think they're raised by wolves. So, like, they were, they, they like, were crazy, like, like, just wild kids. And they were probably, like, eight or nine years old, and they're, they're like, a couple different ages. And this one kid, his sister kept yelling at him. I think his name was Wyatt. We climb up on, I'm up on the playground with Levi. I'm walking him up. I got my dog next to me because my dog's, like, climbing on the playground, too. And this kid comes up and he starts petting my dog. But he doesn't say a word. It's not like he like said, hey, can I pet your dog? Or hey, nice dog. He just does this. I'm not even joking. It was the most awkward moment of the whole day. He just does this. He starts petting the dog and just looking at me. <laughs> and I was like, hey, man, his name's Scout. And he does this. And he just starts, and he keeps petting. And I'm like, okay, like, dude, like, get away from my dog, you know, right? And so then he climbs, literally, he climbs up to the top of, the, of the, the playground, the slide that goes around. I'm like, oh, he's going to go down the slide now. He, like, starts to go down, and then he just bails off the side of it, right? And I was like, this kid is a monkey. Like, he is crazy, right? And so then I'm up on the playground with my dog, and his sister comes and starts petting the dog. And, he's, and she's like, oh, look at the cute puppy. And the kid, I'm not lying, the kid kid calls up and says, its name is Scrout. <laughs> and she says, huh? Because in her mind, she's like, that's not a name. And she says, huh? And he goes, it's Scrout. His name's Scrout. And then the kid runs away back into the woods, right? Like, I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> but here's what occurred to me. Like, you write Scrout into Word or like on your phone, it comes up as a misspelling. Why? Because Scrout's not a word. 
That's not a word. You wouldn't name your dog a name that's not a word, right? And so he, this is what occurred to me. I was like, that kid was weird, right? I'm standing, I was just like, hmm. And Levi's even like standing there and like even in a two-year-old mind, he was just like, you could just tell. He's like, that kid's different. Okay, something's not normal about him. Um, But then it occurred to me, this is what happened. Then it occurred to me that he ran away thinking that I'm the weird one because I named my dog Scrout. And I was like so upset because I was like, you think that I named my dog a name that isn't even a word. And then it occurred to me that that is a lot. Lucas, man, you gotta sit down back there. Stop moving. I'm, hey, this is my serious face. Like, stop. I'm serious. Hey, hey, hey. So then it occurred to me. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. It occurred to me that a lot of times when we talk to God, that we're kind of like the weird kid. <laughs> that we go to God with this, this understanding or this, this preconceived thought of how God should respond to our prayers. And we ask God something one time, and then the next thing we know, we've walked away and, we, and we've lost hope in him answering it because he didn't answer it the way we thought he would answer it, or he didn't, um, hold on man, we'll take questions later. Um, and he, he, he didn't do what we thought he would do or respond the way that we thought that God would respond. And we didn't continue to talk to him about our problem. We didn't continue to say, God, I don't understand this. God, I, this doesn't make sense to me. But instead, we pray kind of half-heartedly and, and usually in fear when we pray because there's something big going on in our life. And then something crazy happens unexpectedly in our life and we go back to that prayer where we said, well, we prayed and he never answered or we prayed and we didn't know what, how he responded. And so then we begin to think about God the way that that kid probably thinks about me. That we begin to think that God, shh, why? I, I said, why? I just called you the crazy kid. Micah, stop. I want you all to hear this because it's really important. That we go to God in prayer, but we don't continue to stay persistent in our prayer. That we don't moment by moment share with God what's on our heart. And the result becomes that we, be- we begin to think God as different than he really is. That we don't really begin to get a full understanding of who God is. That we have this half understanding of what a pastor told me once and what I just made up in my mind once and what my parents told me once. And then we go to God and he doesn't respond the way we thought he would because we don't understand how God works. And so in turn, we leave thinking God doesn't care about us or thinking God doesn't love us the way he should or or doesn't, doesn't know about the problems going on in our life. Eyes right here. That many of you, if I told you to describe your prayer life, how you talk to God, you'd say, man, I don't know. I just, sometimes I pray at night, like, I don't know. And and you're not consistent or persistent. You don't continue to knock on the door, on God's door and say, God, here's the desires of my heart. And the scripture clearly says, man, that's what God desires from us is that we share our desires with him. This isn't a new problem. This is a problem that's been going on for a long time. In Luke 18, turn my Bible right side up. In Luke 18, it says this. This is Jesus speaking. 
He's talking um, to his disciples and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. And so Jesus, here's how it opens. He says, he told them a parable. This is Luke saying, Jesus told them a parable that they would not lose heart, but that they would continue to pray. That even then, people would pray and misunderstand God and misunderstand how God responds to us sometimes. And so in turn, they would lose heart. Lose heart, this word lose heart means to faint, to, to pass out, to quit. When I was in high school, 18 years old, I'm giving blood and some other guys next to me are giving blood and they decided it would be a good idea that after they gave blood to get up and see who could run the furthest. And the problem with that is now your blood's really thin. And what your blood does is it carries oxygen to your brain. And so they were not able to carry the right amount of oxygen to their brain. And so literally, you see these two guys stand up, run, and then they just hit the hallway floor. And then they slide. Like, it was like, oh my goodness. Like, they, they fainted. Why? Because they didn't have the oxygen that they needed. And what he's saying, here's what, here's what he's saying, two things here. He's saying, hey, if you pray this way, you won't lose heart. But he's also saying, you absolutely will lose heart if you do not pray this way. He said, you ought always to pray and not lose heart. He's saying, pray so you don't faint. And he's saying, you will faint if you don't pray. I want you to hear that. What he's saying is that by praying, we are drawing on the pure air of heaven for our spiritual souls. That spiritually we are saying, man, I don't want to faint, that I want to know and have the pure air of heaven feeding my soul. He's saying, man, you will absolutely lose heart and you will absolutely faint if you begin to not talk to God, if you begin to stop praying, if you aren't going to God regularly. Some of you say, I don't feel God and I don't know where God is. And then I ask you, well, how is your prayer life? And you would say, man, I don't really have one. Because without prayer, it's so easy to lose heart. He's saying, man, but I want you to continue to pray. And then he gives this parable. And here's what he says. I'm gonna hurry. He said, In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversaries. For a while he he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. That, that, can, that she will not beat me down literally means so she will not give me black eyes. So she will not beat me up. So she will not draw me down and smother me. It, it is like a, like, he was like kind of scared of this woman. And the Lord said, so then Jesus said, he said, look, here's this thing going on. He says, and, he, and the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. 
Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith on earth. And so I want to set the scene for you real quick. These judges were people who ne- didn't have to fear the law. That they didn't, the law didn't set their agenda. They set their agenda on when they would apply the law to people's lives. And so the judge would move around from town to town, and he would be in a tent. And anyone could watch it, but only certain people could go into the tent according to who the judge said, okay, come in, let me hear your case. And so what it took to get into the tent was it took money. And what it took to get into the tent, well, maybe it took a friend that you knew one of the other officials that would tell the judge, hey, you need to hear this person's case and bring it before the judge. And so then what it also took to get into the tent was persistence. And what it took to get into the tent was, was not being a woman, but being a man. In that culture, women were very low on the priority list. And so this woman didn't have money because she was a widow and couldn't have a job. She didn't have a man because her husband had died. She did not have friends or know them because she was not allowed to talk to those officials because she was a widow. And so, yeah, she kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And what what Luke does in the scripture is he's not saying, hey, we are like this woman or we are to be like this woman. He says, no, our situation is drastically different, that God is not a judge here to judge us, but he is a heavenly father who says, I love you, that we are not petitioning to come to a courthouse. We are petitioning to come to the throne of grace, that we are not trying to, to bribe God or get into to um, God's, to get God's attention, it says, man, Jesus is our advocate. He's already going there for us, that we have this opportunity to go before Jesus. He says, man, we are not the lowest of the low, but he says, man, if you know me through Jesus, you are my elect, that you are the ones that I love and that I prize and that I cherish. That if you're in here and you say, man, I have faith in Jesus, but I don't know how to talk to God, that my prayer life is weak, that it's a misunderstanding to me. I I don't know if God's actually at work, but I have placed my faith. He says, man, you are his elect, that he is sitting desiring to hear your heart. Don't you know that? That when you feel like no one else wants to hear anything you have to say, God is literally saying, man, I, I am desiring to hear the desires of your heart. That I want to know what's going on in your life. That I want to know the deepest parts. And to be persistent, to be someone who says, man, I want to grow in my relationship with God, is to share your desires continually. That it's not this act of coming up with the right words at the right time to say to God, but it's this act of saying, God, here's what's on my heart right now, and here's what's on my heart right now. And it says that, Scripture clearly says that when we pray, God hears it, and when God hears it, he immediately begins to work. Scripture says, man, that he acts speedily. Some of you say, well, I prayed, and I didn't get anything, and God didn't respond immediately. What is wrong with that? And I would tell you that God never delays. Like, his delay is not his inactivity. His delay is preparation. That if God didn't answer your prayer how you thought he would, and you just stopped going to him, it's likely that God was preparing you for what you were praying for. Or that God was preparing the things around you for what you were praying for. Or that God was preparing you for something different than what you were praying for. But yet what it takes for you to understand that 
is continually going to God and not giving up. That it is a lie from the enemy to believe that God doesn't hear your prayers. But he knows every word that you pray. And he knows the deepest longings on your heart. He knows the last time you cried. He knows the last time that you celebrated something meaningful to you. God loves you and he knows you well. He says, man, I desire to hear from my elect that you are not the lowest of the low trying to reach this untouchable judge. He says, but you are God's elect coming to the throne of grace, coming to the God who loves you and wants to hear from you. So I encourage you this week to reconsider the things that you have stopped praying for things that you have given up on. I encourage you to be a part of what God's going to do here and to join in praying the next two weeks because that's how you're going to be reassured of your faith. That that's how you're going to know God more. That that's how you're going to avoid thinking God named something scrout. God doesn't do that. He has purpose and meaning behind everything he's doing. And it's through prayer that we begin to understand that. So I encourage you, if you need a place to read, I encourage you to reread the story, Luke 18. How is your prayer life going to change tomorrow? What does that look like for you this week? Let's pray.